Yeah, here. We're fine. Yes, rat is round and round. Round and round. Yeah, round goes and around, comes around. Dude, I bought like a three CD set of <laughs> 80s hair metal music at FYE for like 10 bucks. Rat was definitely represented. Rat. Wasp was another one. Yeah, that was some of the first CDs. I used I to work bought. with a guy who was like so heavy into Rat and Wasp. Like crazy, crazy into them. Rat and roll. Rat and roll. <laughs> Welcome to Get in the Garage. You know what tells me if you're a big rat or wasp fan? You're what? just a white alcoholic. That's Probably. all it tells me. And, you're, I mean, and you're, you're between 48 and 63 years old. <laughs> yeah. Do you know any like hardcore Striper fans? <laughs> That's a, I've never met one. I don't even think the members of Striper are hardcore Striper fans. <laughs> Stri- isn't Striper the Christian yeah. 80s metal? The original black and yellow. Was Winger Christian as well? Winger? I don't no, know. no. Kip Winger was the, I believe, was the guy that had so much sex that his penis exploded. <laughs> <laughs> On today's VH1's countdown of the wildest moments in hair metal. <laughs> Is that right? It's either that. His penis exploded? Pl- I don't I know, know about Playgirl. that. That oh. sounds crazy. That was a big thing using Playgirl magazine. Yeah, but that's, is that Look it up. physically possible? Was it, was it pre or post penis explosion? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> it was either that. What was his name again? Or Kip I, Winger. Kip oh, my Winger. God. See, uh, yeah, what, what, something happened. He looked like if Barry Gibb was in a hair metal band. <laughs> 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 I told you. I told you he did. He really does. What the? Oh, look at this guy. So what happened? He looks a little. He's a little George Michaelish too. Okay. So what happened? Did I, I don't know. Right? Well, let me let me take a look here. Wait. I have to go to the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Did you Google Kip Winger's penis? penis? Does I his mean, penis have know. its own Wikipedia page? <laughs> uh, it doesn't say anything about the penis. <laughs> So Kip that didn't Winger. happen. I really don't want to Google Kip Winger. <laughs> Guys, if you, I, I, I guess know, if I have to. I know that's a story. Something happened. All with, I ha- The only thing that came up first headline, rocker Kip Winger has a big dick. That's the only <laughs> thing that comes up. Okay, never mind. That my information Somebody is fucked wrong. up Kip Winger? We apologize to the family and estate of Kip Winger for any, <laughs> any slander yeah. speech. I don't know. It was incredibly difficult when Winger first split. No, that's different. I don't know. Anyway... <laughs> You wanted an opening. You got it. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Kip Winger's penis. Uh, anyway, well, today on Get in the Garage, uh, we're talking about a dead format that I don't think will ever have a resurgence. No. I don't think it will. CDs, man. Compact discs. Compact discs. Uh, we're talking about the our first ones that we probably ever bought. Slash owned, maybe given sure. to for like a birthday present or something. I know that yeah. a couple of my first ones were, were birthday gifts. Same. Now, the thing we have to think about as well is the fact that, or I, at least I should say, the majority of the CDs that I had growing up were burned CDs because that was just kind of the nature of the times. Mm. You know what I mean? I did not have a lot of burned CDs no. because I found that a lot of burned CDs still just wouldn't read. 
uh, when you put it onto computers, or yeah. even if you play it on certain things, like it would or it'd read the first three tracks, and then it'd just be like error, error, error. Yeah. But I also had like the twenty dollar version of Walkman. There was a kid in our neighborhood uh, on Carly Ave who, yeah. if you like, put a playlist together, uh, would bur- would download all the songs and burn you a CD for like ten dollars, like five dollars. That's a hustle, man. And it was it was it was Piracy a pretty good deal. Is a crime punishable by law. <laughs> it's a pretty good deal. You wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> you wouldn't. Steal. So why steal a song by Queensrÿche? Yeah. So <laughs> let's silent lucidity. Let's let's get down to it. We're gonna talk about like the first music that we purchased, though. Yeah. So that we well, purchased. I, I would like if I if I may, if yeah. the court will allow personally. it. Yeah. Okay. Only personally, because I I received a couple of good CDs as gifts. Same. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. I would say definitely impacted my Yeah, so this is youth. the the whole point of that. So like we were young, uh you had birthdays, right? And you obviously know <laughs> Well, we have we have them still. Yes. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is you get gifts for your birthday and that was like a chance to be like, yes. "Oh, I now I want to be interested in something yeah, like, or you'd like have... in music." So like, I don't have money, so give me get me this CD. Right, right. 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 And I think it made... I, I have one of those in here as well. I think it made it interesting too because of the fact that, you know, different relatives would end up getting you different kinds of cds and i found that you know looking back now it's kind of interesting to think about which family members got you which cds it kind of is a you know it's an interesting thing to think about about which you know what uncle or whoever was like oh i think i think you know mike luke or jeff might you know might like this you know maybe the family values tour 1999 mikey will be really into this oh of course he was you're damn right you're damn right (laughs) i was big power man 5000 fan oh (laughs) hey tony hawk's pro skater 3 man that influenced a lot of my music listening Uh, so well, well, yeah. I'll just kick it off then, since I just mentioned. Yeah, let's the first uh, CD, let's get into cool it. Also, well, before we really, I want to also want to state that th- this is also interesting to me because being a fan of music, this is the first time that you would invest like a part of yourself into something else to be yeah. like, I want to own this and have it be part of like who I am. So I also think like that part of it is interesting because you're really taking on something artistically for you know for your personality. So. I guess that's why it also interests me. So let's yeah. hear it, Mike. What's your number one? Well, my number one, I don't know. I'm not ranking this in terms of what no. I like versus, you know, more yeah. or less or whatever. We're just rattling these off. Yeah, but your yeah, first pick. My first pick um, has absolutely has to be the Family Values Tour 1999 put out by Interscope Records in May, May 23rd of 2000, which makes me think if it came out May 23rd of 2000, then I would have received this for my... 11th birthday mm. present may 23rd 2000 so 2000 of july i would have been turning 11 and in a uh, fun fact we talked about it real quick off air but the headphones that luke is wearing right now were the headphones that i received <laughs> along with a sony walkman when it had that anti-skip technology oh yeah never it was, worked it never worked it didn't really work i mean it worked for a hot minute but some of them if you really shook them it yeah, worked. it wasn't bad. Be- I'll say this. It took more abuse than your average yeah. one. You know what I mean? You really had to shake the shit out of it. But it would still, if you, you know, if you did a number on it, it wasn't. What I'm saying is when the back of the bus, like, dropped, like, that four foot, like, hudunk, yeah. it always skipped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was wondering why these headphones had so many Rob Zombie stickers all over them. Well, listen. <laughs> so what was on the, the, what was on the family, family value CD? Oh, like, what, I, what got I guess you? Definitely a corn track. 
yes. Definitely a Limp Bizkit track. Yes. Definitely a Power Man 5000 track. Oh, no Power Man 5000. Oh. Yeah. Chevelle? I don't think they were Chevelle? on this tour. Chevelle was not around then. No, nah, Chevelle was later. No, it was um, later. Uh, an Ice T? Uh, no Ice Cube? No Ice T or Ice Cube, but Method Man and Red Man. Oh. Because they hopped on that. Any, um, any ICP? No ICP, although ICP was originally on the bill with Rob Zombie, who you mentioned earlier, right. but both of them did not end up being on the tour. Uh, this tour, right. hit, uh, hit there's some others. So you have uh, Primus. Oh, okay. Hitting you with a little uh, "My Name Is Mud," which is a really great version of it too, because it's so like, yeah, because it's live. Yeah, because it's live. That bass part, that oh, they're all live cuts. Yeah, it's all live. It's all so it's a compilation that was taken. I want to say that this tour, it was only like a two, or I'm sorry, like a one and a half month tour. They hit like through Massachusetts, and then they did a little bit Midwest, Southwest, and all that kind of stuff. And there were some subs like. The band Filter was on this tour, but they were subbed out by Seven Dust, I think, for a show or two. Hey, man, nice shot. Uh, yeah. Um, Take a picture. So uh, there was a couple, but like the the Crystal Method is another is <laughs> another one on here, name. <laughs> and of course Stained. Oh. Well, this is right around the time where Stained, I think, you, you know, they. No, They're that's not stained. Not stained. <laughs> that's not stained. That's puddle that's, of mud. Oh, I thought that was Hoover Stank. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could be any yeah, of them. Wait, which, be. One, which one's stained? Stained is I'm on the Yeah. Oh, okay. It's been a while. Dude, well, can yeah. you, that's uh, almost you. the same. That, what <laughs> I just sang was almost the same. Let me tell you, though, that the, the last track on this is outside with Aaron Lewis and Fred Durst. Yeah, yeah. And Fred Durst is so just like, like just yelling stuff in the middle of this song that if you really listen to it, I mean, it's pretty heavy, you know, for the time, you know, in that sense where it's more of a it's more of a battle. Yeah, it's a stained ballad, which is basically just really sad alternative Bullshit. music. But uh, yeah, so that version of Outside wow. at the very end is always really fun. Um, you know, there's there's just a lot of good stuff on here. I, Corn, re- I remember Adidas. seeing this CD in the back seat of my friend's mom's car. The back seat of her Dracula. It was. If I remember. It was. It was a black. Through the dishes and oh, what was it? It was a black Chevy something. Impala, maybe. No, it was a smaller car. I can't remember what it was. Cavalier. Was it? Yes, it was a Chevy Cavalier. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Chevy it was a black Cavalier. Chevy Cavalier. And uh, that it was like a I don't remember if you guys remember when you, people used to have like the bin like you'd have like a um I don't like almost like a like a plastic bin of CDs in the back seat yeah, sure yeah and the little family values was in there and I was always like oh this looks so cool I always used to use an old shoebox yeah, that was my go to that that's was your go to yeah yeah for a long time you remember yes I definitely remember um so yeah family values tour 1999 it was uh. A classic. A classic. I listened back to it last night just to, you know, reminisce a little bit. And it's funny because it's like I listened to it and I can clearly remember. I have, or I should say, I have pretty clear memories of myself like on the bus. Yeah. Listening, you know, listening to it. So it, it brought back some fun memories, you know. Not, definitely not the type of music that's anywhere near a go to for me currently. <laughs> but, uh, but at the time was, was just, was a lot of fun. So. Yeah, man. Family Values Tour 1999. Check it out. I dig. Yeah. I dig. Yeah. It was uh, also founded by Corn. real yes. quick, as a fun fact. Corn was the Family Values Tour. Right. But uh, only had a couple because they were in heavy competition with the uh, what was known as the Anger Management Tour, which featured uh, Eminem, 
Uh, I think Limp Bizkit was on that tour as well. There was a lot of there was a lot of that crossover kind of like heavy rap rock with mm. actual rappers and stuff like that that was going on. You know, all those tours, but they were all angry, like uh, the anger management oh, yeah. tour, the Family Values tour, like you know, oh, you best. know what I mean. Oh, I remember the really King. wanting to go to the Family Values tour because yeah, I was 11, 12 years old. Yeah, but of course. Not like not, not a chance in hell. Not a chance in fucking hell. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. How about you, Luke? What's your first pick? Okay, so my first rumblings of like, I, I like music were super confused and not based on <laughs> any kind of like <laughs> allegiance to anything. So um, we'll, we'll we'll dive in with the first, and then I'll tell you like what my second love was after. So the first thing where I was like music where I like wanted to engage with music was like for my own being from like something I saw, not something my parents had was I saw the Weezer music video for keep fishing what had all the Muppets in it and the Muppets were like dance. It was like the Weezer was playing the Muppet show in the music video. And there was like all, it was chaos and I love Muppets. Mm. So I was like, and I like the song it had a catchy chorus. And so I was like, I want that CD for my birthday. And that would have been like the first, like cd i would have ever like gotten by myself and i still have that cd the album is called mail Detroit. mail Detroit. and i don't uh it's it's a pretty uneven album uh so we'll, we'll say that it is a weezer album yes um i'd say it's still like chopping into like uh some decent era probably like the last listenable all the way for me but anyway what's the year on that um 2002 so i would have been yeah. 10 yeah. um when this came out and so I like I wanted it so bad and um I got the CD and I listened to it all the time I remember I didn't like a lot of the songs on it because like I don't know that's kind of like that era where you like really like the single and then yeah. you know I wasn't such an album listener then but um I remember after I got this CD I decided that I was a Weezer fan so I, the second CD I went and wanted to get um so I went to the store and they didn't have the CD I wanted so I got um, the blue album that was the next album I got, and so yeah. um, that started. That's the one. Yes, and There's then a Weezer album. Yes, and then after that, which I still have here, is my copy of Pinkerton, which I would have bought after that, which oh, is yep. completely destroyed. But yeah, so that's I was big into Weezer and the Weezer, especially the Mail Detroit record and Weezer music video. I even had the shirt. I went to Hot Topic. I was like ten. Yeah, and uh, they had the Weezer shirt with the Muppets on it, and I had that shirt. <laughs> yeah, and it said it ain't easy being Weez on it, <laughs> and I was wearing that to like fifth grade. I had the shirt in yeah. the fifth grade. Shout out to Hot Topic. <laughs> yes. Well, well, a side note: you mentioned it about the Maladroit album. It's like you liked a couple of the songs, but that's I think that's what killed the CD format is people would put out albums. They'd be like eighteen dollars brand new. Unless it was like the best buy, like the week of, they'd be ten bucks. But you're paying eighteen dollars for an album, and maybe there'd be like a single, another good song, maybe a third good song, yeah. and then like eight to twelve tracks of just like what the fuck filler this? stuff. Yeah, yeah. On a, on a, you know, there's great music throughout all time, but on a lot of shit that was pushed out there, special commercial, especially commercial pop stuff. Yeah, it's like things would have two songs on each album. Yes, I strongly agree. Yeah probably one of the things that killed it um but yeah so it's a weird reason uh, weezer album too because like i just said it and both of you were like what are you talking about well you it shows that how you're you're four years younger than me yeah yeah 
So that was because I think Maladroit was the first album after the Green album. Yes. And the Green album was the last Weezer album that I was into like contemporaneously when it came out. Um, is that a word? Yeah, I think yeah. so. It sounded it was right. Long, it was a long word. I was really late to the Weezer party, man. I Weezer was not a band on my radar until way after, like probably like 2009 or 10 is when I was um, like, oh, the Blue Album's a thing. Beverly Hills. Like, I, that I, would I, be that. I era. knew that. Well, right. Yeah. I, I mean, I knew the singles, right? I knew this. I was familiar, at least, with the singles, but I never, it was never one of those bands that I was like really like all in on, you know? I was like heavy addicted to watching MTV music videos when I was 10 to 14 years old, especially. And I remembered not when it came out, because the Blue Album, I think, came out in 1994, but they would always play the the early Weezer music videos because those were really um timeless uh so like the buddy holly video was a huge one that was on rotation yep. still um but i got a copy of the blue album at goodwill in their music thing it was a dollar nice and no scratches on it and it was the best dollar it's the best one dollar cd i've ever bought because <laughs> yeah. I, had, I had never listened to that album in its entirety before and i bought it i got it i must have been 16 or 17 and i just thought man this is like maybe a perfect album it is really, really, really good. So, so you, I got Mail Adroit, and then I bought the Blue Album, and yeah. I was completely obsessed with the Blue Album because mm-hmm. yeah. that was a classic, great record. Yeah. Their next record, probably not as good, but yeah. pretty good. But since you're younger, I don't think I know any of the songs yeah. on the album. It was just cool, too, like, to, like to just to, you know, my sister would have been, like, in eighth or seventh grade at that time, so that's, like, really, like, going, like, to... Like for me, being a little brother, like being able to go to Hot Topic, like my sister, and like buy like buy a personality, was like <laughs> so fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. At that age, so yeah, Weezer, man. What do you got? Uh, what do you got, Jeff? Uh, so the first one I think of when it was like first albums that I had, it was a Christmas present given to me, um, either by my parents or my uh, aunt and uncle, and it would have been Christmas of 1997 when I was nine. The album came out. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend of 1997, and that was Big Willie style. By oh, of course, Will Smith, of course. Um, who, like uh, Mike's wife Jade, was mentioning the other day as one of the albums that she immediately thinks of as like a first album she had. Yeah. So this had, um, it had some big hits because it getting jiggy with it was a huge song. It was like the Macarena of that year. Yeah. Um, and then also it had late in the album, it had the track, the men in black theme song, which was huge. Cause that, I think men in black came out summer of 97 and, but there were a lot of great songs, you know, like they do, he does his version of just the two of us sampling the Grover Washington jr. Track. Um, he does a song, the song big Willie style is a th- featuring, uh, Left Eye from TLC. Mm-hmm. There were some other songs I enjoyed. I liked the song uh, Candy, I think, is on this album. Oh, yeah. Uh, what yes, about... Uh, featuring Cameo on the chorus. <laughs> like, from Word Up. Like candy. The yeah. It's yeah. that same feeling. <laughs> I had to think about it for you know? it. came back. Uh, what about, like, uh, that one that's like, if you can't say anything nice, don't, don't say, say nothing. 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 <laughs> my mom... <laughs> do it. My mom, we, like, listen to that. And my mom's like, this is a really a good lesson. Because, like, if you don't, it's really true. My, <laughs> I was my, like, yeah, that's right, mom. Miami was a big hit. Yeah. Bienvenidos a like, Miami. 1997 was possibly, like, that's the biggest Will Smith's ever been. Because, yeah. like, I think Fresh Prince of Bel-Air probably went till 95 or 96 
uh, Independence Day, I think, was summer of 96. Welcome to Black, Earth. Men in Black was 97. <laughs> and, like, now he... And then he... This was his first solo release. Yeah. Because he took, like, four or five years off of music. When Who was... He was, he was doing the DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince yep. stuff. But I think that... The album came out four or five years before this one. Um, yeah, it was a huge, huge album. I don't know how much it sold, but I'm sure it went diamond at the time, which would be like 10 million sold. I'm yeah, I wouldn't, sure. that wouldn't surprise me. No, it, this was a heavy rotation. Uh, this was not a CD I went out and bought, but it was a CD that was definitely played in yeah. the car at home yeah. all the time. Like I remember in uh, in Miss D's PE class at the – Griswold Intermediate School. Yeah. We did, li- we did line, line dancing, and one of the songs that we learned was the dance for the Men in Black theme song. <laughs> really? Yes. And How then, did you guys get Men in Black? I was dude, I was in there doing Elvira well, like an idiot. Um, Papa, Mama. Well, we, we did that, too, but it was one of the songs we did, and I, and I think it must have been the next year. My aunt and uncle got married, and during the wedding, I did a solo dance routine of the Men in Black <laughs> song. You did, dude, and a I was solo and I was a, line uh, dance. Yeah, and and with all, the, but it it was the line dance that's like featured in the music video. So it's like it's like doing Thriller, you know, like yeah, it's, right, it's exactly. Right. And and I was a junior groomsman, so I was already in the black tux with sunglasses. <laughs> Is there a video and of this? I'm sure. There's, we, yeah. there's pictures of it. I know that with my blonde bowl cut. Yeah. <laughs> if, you have, if you have those pictures readily available, can we throw them up in the promo for well, this episode? Well, we need to do, yeah, if we can, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was like Will Smith and this album was like the soundtrack of me nine turning 10. So like right in that preteen type of like era, this was like a huge preteen era. Like, uh, yeah, just, a it was a, it was a, I have to admit it was a huge touchstone in, in that time of my life. Oh my God. I remember like thinking like everything like on that will, like that was, that was cool. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like whatever cool was, yeah, it was yeah. whatever Will Smith was doing on yeah, that yeah. record and whatever he was saying. And you were just like, Miami must be the coolest place on yeah. earth. Well, especially and like in my background, like Will Smith has given good reasons for why he's like he doesn't curse on records, and and a lot of it has to do with like not wanting to dilute the message of positivity and wanting to appeal to all ages and like something that your grandmom can play and something that a three year old can listen to and all that stuff. But I was raised in in a family and even an extended family, like nobody smoked, nobody drank, nobody cursed. So it was like super clean living for those until I got to like high school age and I started to like see what the world opened up to the darkness of some of the world. <laughs> yeah. But like, so the Will Smith thing definitely was like, I'll be blasted. I should be rapping along to every single song. And I, Will Smith was my not, was my Tupac. <laughs> I like, I remember being like going to yeah, Disney yeah. World as a kid and being like in downtown Disney and they're like playing like Will Smith. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is my song. Like, I'm, like, I'm like eight or nine, whatever. I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> He's doing a little shuffle with the hands. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I mean, it just makes me happy. I haven't listened to it in many years. I didn't listen to it in preparation for this for this podcast, honestly, because I knew if I started listening, to it, I'd listen to like all eighteen tracks. I just did. I didn't even want to like commit the time to it. It's the same. I didn't want to get sucked in, but uh, it's it's <laughs> it still holds up. Play it, play it for like an eight year old man, like for real. That shit. Oh, man, I'm definitely gonna listen to Candy. <laughs> Candy is a great. Candy track. also has that vocal. It's like it's all right. Yeah, cameo, man. <laughs> Well, oh, so good, Michael. What else you got? What What's one of the other first CDs that you bought? Um, well, it's uh, well, well, 
it was a CD that came out in 1996, but it was also a CD that I received as a gift that ha- I, I had in my Iowa Sound 6 CD changer at the time, and it is Sublime's last studio album. Oh, self-titled. Sublime. Um, and yeah, for real, every single morning I was woken up by Garden Grove because it comes in. It's like, you know, uh, and that was my alarm. That was my alarm clock for literally like all of seventh and eighth grade. Cause my alarm was set to my stereo. I didn't actually have an alarm clock. Two joints and he go to school. (laughs) (laughs) But it but yeah, that this was, this was really like, you know, one of those albums for me that most definitely became kind of a soundtrack when i listen to this when i listen to this album i uh, i can still smell the cucumber melon candles and body works and uh the 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 sun and moon um you know uh comforter and the you know like all that stuff like all these these funny fads i was thinking about it because listening to this i remember having a section in my room off to the side that was like my chill area and I had like a little bean bag and like a little table and on top of my table I had like you know like that was when I like I discovered incense so I had a little incense burner and I had like my must bo- have been so cool my boy Ryan his mom made candles so she made me like she made me these custom candles for like my little my little chill area and stuff. And looking back it's like so stupid but but I got one of those um those <laughs> those uh, things from uh I, I think it was yeah from Spencer's where it was like the you know like the the weird like electric tube oh, things yeah. with like the mirrors and everything and it would react to the music oh, yeah. or you could like grab it and you could basically start at the top you put your hand on it and you drag all the way down and all the electricity Dude, those would were be concentrated those were like 60 bucks and i would like you know you touch somebody and it would like zap them yeah. and shit it was like that but that all those all those memories came flooding so, back once I started listening to this album again. It's like what the fuck? It's crazy. We, oh, so as a child though, what did you ever even understand about what they were singing about? Did you understand any of it? Not really. No, because it's Not re- it, it's yeah. like I mean it's if you're older. I mean uh, the older I got because this I this hit me like summer after freshman year. This one I definitely listened to that, but um. Even then, though, I had no idea. So if you're in, like, 7th and 8th grade, you must have absolutely no well, idea. I even ha- to, like, the selling oranges by the freeway, like, kind of reference. You, like, you why would like you even know what, that, what that's about? 4th grade. Well, not, it wasn't – I didn't get it in 96. Oh, oh, no, okay. Yeah, I got it as a gift, like, a little bit later. Yeah. To be fair, I mean, by the time 7th and 8th grade came around, I was yeah. already, like, smoking cigarettes sometimes. Or, right. Doing a little you, bit of booze in here and there. See, <laughs> like, like, when he says, like, I got the deuce deuce in the trunk of my car. For no, years, no, didn't yeah, know what that, that meant. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, okay. It was, the, it was the obviously edgy stuff. Like, I smoked two joints in the morning. I smoked right. two joints at night. You know, like, stuff like that. And you're like, <laughs> you yeah. know, you're like this young adolescent. You're like, oh, it's so funny. Dude, joints. I remember my mom, like, hysterically laughing to date rape on the radio. And then being like, don't tell anybody I let you listen to this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mom. Sorry. Yeah, this was, this was a huge album my cousins i have two older cousins they're three and two years older than me my cousins brian and julia every time i went over this was the album that they were playing yeah because they were like oh the cool like they were like 11 12 13 when this came out and i was like eight or nine and yeah they'd be playing they'd be blasting this thing down in mississippi when the song that song oh yeah you give it up you give it up yeah it's 
I love the, I love yeah. this record. I mean, I love Sublime. I was like, I'll still stand toe to toe and say they're like yeah. an amazing, great, great, great band. Yeah, hell um, yeah. The music still holds up, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it was definitely like a an album that I listened to. It wasn't one of like the first things I ever got my hands on, but yeah. like I was completely obsessed. I mean, every MP3 player that shows you the era that I was listening into. Yeah, uh, it was just full of Sublime. Like, I had nothing else on my MP3 player but Sublime. What I got yeah. I on Napster, to. it says "What I Got" by Bob Marley. Yes, that was like the most yes. Co-written by Metallica. <laughs> Every Sublime album was mislabeled as Bob Marley. Also, I remember that. Don't happened. worry, be happy. Or is also always mislabeled as a Bob Marley or yeah, Sublime exactly. song. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, that album. Uh, you know, again, that album for me was just yeah. Garden. I woke, Garden I woke up to it every your, morning. What was man. your real jam on there? Was it I mean, what I, I got? Santeria. I, I well, yeah. I love Santeria. Can we also talk about what I era? got? Oh, uh, I liked I like uh, Wrong Way. Wrong Way was oh, a yeah. great song. Yeah. Uh Dave Mirror's BMX. Uh what I got was on the soundtrack <laughs> yeah. to that. I don't know if you remember that, but that was highly yep. big in that era. Uh Caress Me Down, another great song. Oh, yep. Talking about that uh, that mushroom yeah. tip. Caress me down. <laughs> yeah. Again, another thing where you're like, huh? Well, that this is what I'm saying, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, man, Sublime, Sublime, final album. Great. Great, great album. I it is a it. great album. Rest in peace. Yeah, they ended up being like kind of like the Nirvana of that '90s white reggae alt rock kind of thing. Yeah, I think that spirit that they invoked in that scene is still to this day. Yeah, oh, I yeah. mean it's the jam band scene right. now. That's what that jam band. I, I mm-hmm. see that like is you know super big right now. All the yeah. festivals. That's all Sublime. Yeah, Sublime is a huge influence on any modern day jam band. Absolutely, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. especially just like I mean, could I just for a minute, if you're going to talk about Sublime, just for like, you know, it's the uh, Toot and the Maytels covers. Yes. It's the it's all that stuff. It's the, um you know, basically covering every song off the Heart of the Common soundtrack, Rivers of Babylon. Um, it's it's doing all of that stuff and then bringing it into like a modern focus, which yeah. is what they did. Well, and and also appealing to like the, the punk, like the, the punk, yeah, rock, the punk too. rock kids, the skater kids. Yeah, you know, the skater kids would all, would also listen to that. Kind yeah, of the stuff, minor you know? threat covers, the yeah. bad religion, and I'm you know, and then they would all just combine that into their original music, which was you know. Yeah. Yeah, not my not my thing per se, but you throw on that Sublime album and it's very much holds up. It's Man, very I, good I tell you, I put on I have the copy of their demo on vinyl that they released oh. a couple years ago. I put that on the other day. Jaw won't pay the bills. Oh my god, what a yeah. great, great, great record! It's just like that easy late ninety, uh, late eighties, like dubbed, like good. Yeah. It's just it's great. It's but, such a good vibe. It's such a California vibe. Well, the thing I was listening when I was listening to it as well, or just Sublime in general. You know, then you then you go you listen to Bad Brains, and it's like hard, cutting well, edge punk rock that also plays reggae. You know even, what I mean? So like, then you to listen say, to Sublime, and you're like, oh, okay. You know, you can kind of see this sort of natural progression in that. Even to vibe. say this, man, like the Chronic, like Job won't pay the bills. Like made in like eighty eight, ninety, like all you know that time period. Yeah. The Chronic that comes out a couple of years later is it sounds a lot like it. Yeah. It's heavy, fat bass, you know, bass and drums kind yeah. of thing minimal guitar kind of stuff yeah sublime what would happen if green day were huge bob marley fans exactly <laughs> speaking of uh we're gonna get into some cringy music here ready yeah let's hit it ready we're gonna get cringier i'm gonna go with uh 
man, I remember wanting to go to the CD store. We were at Walmart, and I was like, Dad, can we please get the CD? Please, can we get the CD? And he's like, yeah. So, like, I got the CD. It was the only way I was going to get it was the edited Walmart version. Don't tell your mother. This is Kid Rock's Cocky, released in oh, 2001. Yeah. Um, cocky? What the fuck is that? Uh, uh, it's Cocky. How dare you? Oh, listen. Boy, no, I only know the red one. What's the red one? Uh, that's Devil Without a Cause. Yeah, He's going platinum. Released no, 1999. So cocky's the next one. <laughs> I didn't. I, well, he went double platinum, Jeff. So clearly, he's feeling pretty cocky. <laughs> no, we also had uh, what his, songs were on his, that though. Okay, so, picture of you. All right, we'll, we'll picture get into of you it. Is on that. So cocky came out in 2001. So <laughs> that, can we look at the album? Weezer. Real quick? Yes, Weezer. Came, that Weezer record came out in 2002. <laughs> the the picture single comes I, I out the in the fall of 2002, which is probably where I would have been like wanting to listen to this yeah. CD. And think it was really cool. Um, so yeah, singles off this are the song "Cocky," you know, um, "Pitcher." Actually, no, "Cocky" wasn't released as a single. I'm sorry, but uh, "Pitcher" was the huge, huge one on here. That's with Cheryl Crow. Yes. Also released as a single on here was "You Never Met a Motherfucker Quite, quite Like, like Me." me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pretty good. Um, and I don't even know the. I can't even remember the first single on here, which is forever. But um, this would have been like a huge, huge, like CD for me. Yeah. I saw Kid wow. Rock in this era, um, a little bit later. Yeah. So um, yeah, definitely was something that was played all the time. Uh, I really, really liked this. Um, I have to say that this was the one I got initially. You know what I mean? And that this was like mine. But um, Devil Without a Cause was. Definitely my favorite. Kid Rock yeah, that's CD. the one. You He's know. definitely more. That's favorite. Ba with the Ba and yeah, Cowboy. Uh, I think cowboy. I think Cowboy's on the second album. No, Cowboy's definitely Devil Without a Cause. Oh, is it? Definitely. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. But uh, oh my, yeah, so I'm definitely a Devil Without a Cause fan. But see, the, and then that would be like I stole that CD from my dad. Now both of these were I yeah. was listening to them on the bus in heavy rotation together. Um, and I was so into Kid Rock, everything about it. Similar era, the Kid Rock, because now that you say like Pitcher and Never Met a Motherfucker, we're off that. It reminds me of how Nelly was in like the same two, three year span where Country Grammar was the one that had like three or four hits. Yeah. And then he did uh, Nellyville, which had Hot in Here, which was a huge hit. Oh, I remember. But then it here. just. It didn't have any other real big follow-ups. Yeah, that's like... But um, it was the same, like, 98 to 2001 span of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and even, like, Kid Rock had that, I don't know, it was just like that, see, I like, this is... You were, like, searching for, like, your identity, <laughs> and, like, at one end, I'm like, I'm a fan of Weezer, but then on the other end, I'm also, like... I'm also I also badass. really <laughs> love Kid Rock. Yeah. Um... Oh my god! He also had the um, the rapper that he hung around with, the um, Joe C, uh, yeah, the in his guy. posse. Yes, the little person in his posse. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Also on the Bod with the Ba album, I think Uncle Cracker was in his band at the time. Oh, Uncle Cracker, yeah. Yep. Do you guys remember the movie Osmosis Jones? <laughs> yes. yes. Do you remember when there was like they go to like Will the Smith. club? Will Smith starring Will Smith, Smith starring Will Smith, Big Willie. Uh, but- do you remember they go to like the no Chris, no, Chris Rock. Rock? That's Chris right. Rock. Will it Smith is Shark Tale. Yes. Okay. You're right. You're right. Uh, but I, if I remember, if memory serves me correctly, they go to the zit that's yeah. on like Bill Murray's forehead, and I'm pretty sure the band that's playing is is kid. It's Kid Rock. <laughs> 
it's and they have like a little germ looking thing as like the the guy that you know the the little person that used to hang out with uh i do not recall but Joe it C. sounds correct yeah. josie is his name josie sorry I, I no disrespect i don't mean to you know oh my god uh, yeah <laughs> no disrespect to kid rock and his associates <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about fuck that dude <laughs> uh, yeah. i was more more so josie than kid rock r.i.p josie i have to say though the balls for kid rock when he was like i'm an unknown artist and i'm just screaming on my album devil without a cause i'm going platinum yeah and that dude win platinum manifested his own destiny (laughs) that is the most bonkers thing about the kid rock story is he was out of what chance would have this guy really gone platinum and he really did so at one point good for him and another point kid rock should give 10 percent of all of his royalties to eminem because he rode that dude's coattails oh yeah for real another white dude from detroit who was doing rap yeah, with rock music and you know, hey man, Ro- I was at Roy's a couple weeks ago, and he's like, "Oh, a song came up on my algorithm the other day. I got to play it for you because it's gonna bring you back." And he started playing it, and it was just this like heavy, deep synth, just like it sounded like the intro to like some fucking WWE entrance music or something. And then it just builds, 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 but it was little by little, and you just hear like chanting in the background. And I'm, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" And then it, I fa- I realized it's Ball with the Ball it has this like epic intro. Oh yeah, and it was cra- <laughs> crazy. And I'm like, "Yeah, this is why like ten year old kids bought this shit because it just like hypes you up. Oh, it, was it makes so... you feel dangerous and stuff. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it was." <laughs> I remember on the back of the bus feeling like I was like I, I I'm like I'm the devil. This is so cool. Luke's Luke's stick and poking the name Paul into his arm. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best the best line line on at least on Devil Without a Cause is uh, when Josie the the rapper goes uh, got more game than Coleco. But yeah. <laughs> old old reference. Uh, and then the line after that is I'm a freak. Don't call me sick. Uh, uh, Three foot nine with a ten foot dick. Oh yeah, (laughs) and I was like, "This is so cool." (laughs) (laughs) And my mom had no idea. I was listening to my dad. Was like, "If I give this to you, don't rat me out. Don't be a snitch." Uh, (laughs) And I was like, "All right, that's the deal." Twenty years later, snitching, snitching on dad. (laughs) What are you gonna do? Good choice, man. Thanks, pops. Definitely that cause. Oh gosh. So my next pick um, was when I started to actually really developed my own individual music tastes away from like my parents and what I grew up with. I started reading guitar magazines like I'm sure all of us did when we started being eighth grade in high school. And I started buying all the albums that were listed as like, these are albums you need, you need to have. So one I asked for, for Christmas, this would have been Christmas of my freshman year of high school, I assume was uh, ACDC's back in black. Yeah. Which just was, it's still, I've probably said it on this podcast before, but if you're going to like test a speaker system, it's, it's the album you should put on because it's so well produced. It's so, it sounds so good. The levels of everything is so good. Like just the tones and the sounds of the guitar and drums and bass and vocals, Mm -hmm. just like, I can't imagine that a hard rock album or other albums in general can sound as good. Yeah. Um, cause it's, it doesn't it, since it was a 1980 album. It doesn't have that like di- all digital production of the 90s stuff. It was still done on analog, and it's warm and Mutt real Lang, sounding. Right? Mutt Lang, yeah. um, Shania Twain, ex husband of Shania Twain, and uh, did her dirty. Sorry to interrupt. It sounds like everybody in that situation did them dirty, did each other dirty. You can look it up on your own. <laughs> 
Is it some wife wife swapping type of stuff? Oh, comb oh. up his sleeve just in case kind of thing. Yeah, man, she must have felt like a woman, dude. <laughs> um, so I don't know if that one worked as well. No. I don't know. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, but um, I love Shania Yeah, Twain. so like, so know. back in black, just it's it's just uh, yeah, it really changed my perspective because I I had heard you know of course I'm nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen years old listening to music and especially this. Kid Rock stuff, the Eminem stuff, the Corn, Limp Bizkit, all these things that were popular at the time. So I was really listening to a lot of hard rock um, as an angry white kid in an all-white town. You know, that's kind of what you listen to. And the yep. only radio station that came in really well was the one in Boston. W-A-A-F, yep. 107.3. R.I.P. R.I.P. And uh, so I'd play that shit out uh, on my radio, playing basketball you know, on my driveway all day every day and uh but then i got acdc back in black and i was like oh yeah this is this is what rock music actually is like and it's such a good album man every song on that album is like is is a hit do you remember like the it's that pure uh, for me i had the the uh, acdc songs on like a burnt cd Mm. and i just remember like do you remember just the pure joy of hearing like of like hell's bells for like the first second third time and just like you know, thinking like you hear the rain and the the the, the yeah. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, dun, well, I I, dun. I still feel it because this album yeah. is still so good. Yeah. It's one of the albums that like I it will never age to me. It's a it's a real real definition of a timeless album to me. Yeah, yeah. even like the ver- the verse like a short list of those kind of albums. Like the verse, chorus, verse. It, mm-hmm. They're all well written. Yeah. Like the lyrics are like the album is like themed around you know like. Mm-hmm. Just like your basic rock, rock and roll, it's like sex, drugs, rock and roll, like that, and that's what it is. And it's just, it's that to like, it's probably the best sex, drugs, and rock and roll album mm. of that kind of thing of like, yeah. you know, big hard rock. And it's, it, I just love the the whole theme of it, how it is just so rock and roll based, mm. and it's you know, yeah. some of the best rhythm guitar playing ever. Yeah, it's so I don't know, it gets it's so exciting, it like makes you want to drive fast. Yeah, R.I.P. Malcolm Young. So yeah, and it, and it just showed because a lot of the other CDs I had been listening to at around that time and a lot of that music were the things where it's like 15 tracks but only like three you ever want to listen to. And it was the first album that I – or it was in the first, you know, two or three albums I listened to where it was an old album. So it's I think it's only nine tracks. So there's no, there's no room for filler. Like yeah. my, my favorite song on the whole album is – I mean, on anybody's list, they would put it as sixth, seventh, because that's how good the album is. That's uh, "Let Me Put My Love Into You." I just, mm-hmm. I love the vibe of that song and the uh, guitar solo, especially, and all that stuff. And that's the first album with Brian Johnson, yeah, correct? Yeah. And yeah. what an amazing album to come off of. I mean, okay, Bon, you know, the death of Bon Scott, R.I.P. Bon Scott. You know, and then to get a new lead singer and just come out with the first album just being a banger. You know, yeah, do you, incredible. A great thing you said too, Jeff was like that. I loved was like you were like this is like one of the first where like you discovered that every song on it was awesome, and then yeah. then you knew like so that was like a new caliber. So like the right, first, right. yeah. Right. So you know what I mean when you're like young and you're like okay, so I just listened to this and literally every song was like as 
better than the next. So now you have like a new caliber of like when you get another CD in your yeah. life and it's not as good, you're like, well, it's not as good as that. And right. like it was for, probably the first one I had that was like that. Right. For me, that would have been like Weezer's Blue Album. I remember like relating and listening to all of it all the way through. And it was probably one of the only CDs I listened to all the way through yeah. like that. And yeah. that's why I was like, well, I guess I'm a fan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, I love how you said that because I was like, oh, yeah, man, like the first one that you like. You were like, I'm. A, I like every song. Like, I'm a fan yeah. of all of it, and that yeah. that was that was like a cool feeling too. Yeah. To be like, I don't know, because I this is how I felt. You get like that kind of almost like music superiority thing too, where like you were just like, well, you may like ACDC, but I listen to every song in that album and I like it. So like, yeah. it was like that too. I don't know. Does that make sense? For sure. And I think we've mentioned it on the podcast before, but there was definitely that resurgence where. It's 2004, and all of a sudden, everybody's wearing back in black t-shirts or, right. like, for those about to rock t-shirts and stuff. ACDC t-shirts made a huge Dude, comeback I, in, I like, 2003, 4, 5, 6. Wristband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, and ACDC was cool again. It was, you know, it was... I well, mean, it's 20-year cycles. Yeah. That's everything, you know. Right. So. But, um, yeah, that was one of the... For yeah. me, that was that was probably one of the earlier albums that i purchased as well yeah so this is when i first started playing guitar and it was i i i couldn't guess the issue but i'm it was probably like september of 2003 issue of guitar one magazine it had the 10 like the 10 greatest guitar albums of all time if i had 10 minutes to sit down i could probably come up with all 10 of those off the top of my head i definitely remember at least seven of the 10 because i bought them all yeah well i didn't buy one which one do you think I didn't buy? Oh, greatest guitar album? I listened to it <laughs> later in college. Of of the ten greatest that they listed, there was one of the ten that I did not buy, and that was Ingvi Malmsteen's. Oh, whatever his big who cares big one was. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't even know. Oh, I, how can I, less be more? Clearly, yeah, more is more. But like, yeah, I'm the all the rest I bought. Yeah, Van Halen one. Yep, Purple Rain. Um. Jeff Beck, Blow by Blow. So yeah, those are all ones I bought in like the same three month period. Hmm. Right on. For mine, I'm gonna take us to the year 2004. What? You want? Okay. Do you want to take a break? Commercial break. We can take a commercial break. Let's take a commercial break. All right, let's take a commercial break. So, uh, we're gonna ride the train here into commercial. So all right, <laughs> we'll be right back. Most of us, i.e. comedians, treat open mics as a necessary evil. But not Silas P. Every week, Silas talks to a veteran of the sights, sounds, and smells of the Philly open mic scene, sharing stories of momentary triumph and lingering failure with enough shit talk sprinkled in to make you listen to hear your name. I'm like 35% sure that I'm in there. So pay attention, hang out in the room, and maybe you'll learn why you got bumped on the launching pod. Do your thing. <laughs> Jeff's wife's always kicking the, like, they're always kicking each Get other the out, of, out, out of here. Yeah. You're not allowed in this fucking house, Larry. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Get in the Garage. We hope you liked your ads. We were just talking about Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's a great show. Yep. Shout out to Larry yep. David. I know you're listening. So, moving on to, to our next picks. 
Like I said right before the break, let's take you to 2004. Coming in hot on Century Media Records. Shadows Falls album, The War Within. I wonder how much they had to sue that record company. Mm. What was it called? What? The record label? Century Media Records. Jeez. That was a big one. They were a big metal one. Them, like Roadrunner Records, uh, Metal Blade. Yeah. Relapse. Relapse. Epitaph. Epitaph. Um, Victory and Fearless. The thing about Shadows Fall to me was, I mean, during, I was 16 when I really got into them. I was very, very angry teenager. Mm. And um, I remember Casey, Casey Schlender. Shout out to Casey Schlender. Uh, He was a huge Shadows Fall fan. So I got it. This is when I kind of started changing my musical taste. I started getting into the Boston, Massachusetts area, you know, metalcore bands, your kill switch engages. I'm not sure if As I Lie Dying was from Mass. Hate Breed. Hate Breed, yeah, stuff like that. But Shadows Fall, The War Within, really, if if you're going to listen to a Shadows Fall album, The Art of Balance, in my opinion, is the better one. I think that's their second or third album. But The War Within, What Drives the Week, Inspiration on Demand, those were two big tunes. And, of course, The Light That Blinds, that was the Shadows Fall song that was featured on Guitar Hero, which was fun. Does Shadows Fall guy have the dreadlocks? He does have the dreadlocks. All yeah, right. Brian, oh, I can't remember his name. Hold on, I'll tell you in just one second. Matt ba- Bat- Batchen, Bachand, he, um, wait, John, lead guitar, Oh, they have somebody else listed as... Maybe currently they have a new singer. Maybe. I thought it was the same guy, though. Brian Fair. Yeah, Brian Fair was the dude yes. with the dreadlocks. Uh, and I, re- I just... I'll, I'll, I remember watching videos. Because you'd get... Uh, you know, I'd go in a guitar center and buy, like, the concert DVDs at that point. This is pre, pre-YouTube. And just seeing him, like, windmilling. You went to Guitar Center at this time? Where was Guitar Center? Warwick, Rhode Island. Oh, I was going to say, I never went to that West place. Warwick. It was like a pilgrimage. We would go to West <laughs> Warwick. If we could score a pack of cigarettes from the gas station around the corner from the high school, uh, we would ditch school and, and go to... Uh, I'm, look, I'm looking at a picture of Brian Ferry now. Holy fuck. He has he has literally seven foot long dreadlocks. Yeah, there's they footage. on the ground. There's footage of him like during shows where <laughs> oh he's like, God. you know, kind of going crazy and stuff and stepping on his own dreadlocks and like falling <laughs> like, over. Seriously. Look. Yeah, he's no joke. Yeah. Oh. Well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I mean, Shadows Fall, again, for, for an angry 16-year-old Mike who at the time really made the transition from... Shopping at Eblins to shopping at Hot Topic. <laughs> Gangsta Mike became Metal Mike. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty quickly there, yeah. Oh, so this was the beginning of Metal Mike. This was the beginning of Metal Mike. So there was a lot of Shadows Fall, a lot of Lamb of God. Yeah, look at it. It looks like... Yeah, I was... Hey, you know it. what? You know what his hair reminds me of? You know, like when you go to the Halloween store and they have like the big three foot spiders? <laughs> yes. You know, like the spider legs? It looks like those you know big... You call this guy? Medusha. Medusha. <laughs> <laughs> 
But at the time, he, a, a big band, you know, a big band. And... I, I know nothing about Shadows Fall. I never have listened to a single song. And I was into some of those other bands you mentioned. Yeah. But, yeah, for some reason, they just passed me by. I probably listened to a song, and I'm like, oh, I don't like this vocalist. And so I didn't listen the, to it. Well, that was the big thing with Shadows Fall is he was probably the, the most different of all those metal hmm. vocalists. At the time, I want to say 2004, I think at this point... I want to say at this point Howard had had come into the picture with Kill Switch Engage. Yes. So he gives you the his scream is very very good, but his actual voice is is amazing too. It's very like operatic and stuff, uh, which was different in its own right. But yeah, Brian Fair, his vocal style. There's a lot of people who were listening to this this music who a influenced me to listen to it and b you know then became kind of my peers in the listening of this music and. Shadows Fall was always that one band that it was either you loved them or you hated them just because of Brian Fair's uh, vocals. Because it was more like it was it was more like shouty and yelly than it was like the the heavy, crazy you know grit that Killswitch gave you. Yeah, I was a huge Kill well huge whatever maybe for that two year period. Yeah, Killswitch Engage fan because I did have I bought mm, three or four of the uh, CDs. I remember listening to Shadows Fall simply because Brian Fair was the vocalist of the bass player from Killswitch Engage's previous project, which is called Overcast. Okay. So that was yep. um, Mike Dan, uh, Dan Tony or D something. Uh, the bass player was in that band with Brian Fair. And I think Pete Cortese, who was like maybe Killswitch Engage's original drummer, was yeah. also in Overcast. But yeah, so I listened to, you know, I like downloaded on LimeWire one Shadows Fall song and I'm like, uh, no, I don't like this. So I just, I never listened to it again. Yeah, again, it's it's just, I think it's just the vocal style. Yeah. It just wasn't, it wasn't for everybody and that's cool, you know. It definitely wasn't something I listened to either mm-hmm. at any point. No? But, no, but it was definitely when, after my, you know, you know, you get the clumsy footing of, you know, you know you're listening to finding out what you like mm-hmm. and then uh my sister started dating this dude and he was a metalhead yeah and th- then i was a metalhead mm-hmm. um so but that's, he was that's into, where like, the th- cannibal corpses and stuff yes. he took it really heavy too so that's where like you know at that point like after like i you know got the first couple cds then i was like okay well that seems like they're really cool they really like heavy metal yeah uh and i want to be cool so like i need to start liking heavy metal start wearing eyeliner paint your nails black yes but i wanted to pants but i wanted to have my own piece of the pie a few of those yes Yes, my sister had so many trip pants uh uh, goth boots she looked like she like it's the pants you wear if you're the cool person in a mental institution. It's basically <laughs> it's like, like you always knew that the goth kid, like like those kids in our high school, it was like they they were really into the heavy music and like Marilyn Manson, but they also really loved like Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, you know, like AFI. The, those yes. kids. Yeah, absolutely for sure. Um, but like, so they were, you know, my sister was into heavy metal now and was like gothy. And, yeah. But I wanted my own kind of piece of the pie, so I went with like. Okay, so I got to start from, like, who's the king of heavy metal? And I was like, well, Ozzy. The Oz man coming. Is the prince of darkness. So yeah. I got to start with Ozzy. This he was, is the prince of darkness. This was, like, my real, like, thought. <laughs> like, honest to God, the way my brain Your worked. majesty. Yes. So my dad liked Sabbath, and I liked Sabbath. Right? So now I'm, like, I'm an Ozzy guy. So I like I really like Ozzy. So I went to that guy in the mall that did the pencil uh, portraits of celebrities 
I bought the Ozzy Osbourne. Oh yes, where he's like his wearing hands the are crossed. eyeliner and his <laughs> hands <Yeah>. are crossed. <laughs> okay, so I you know, I got that. Two thousand two Ozzy Osbourne. Right, and then I got um just bloated and ugh, I bought Blizzard of Oz, <laughs> and. Oh. So I bought the Blizzard of Oz, like all around the same time period, uh, some Black Sabbath greatest hits thing, and then um, I also got uh, Ozzy Live at Bodicon, which was like blew my mind. Had Zach Wilde on guitar. Oh I yeah, I was such a big fan. Bought the DVD that went with it. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so I became like a giant Ozzy Osbourne fan, solo and Sabbath. But yeah. I was I was all in. Um, obviously, here too we have a another early CD purchase of Luke's Ozzy Osbourne and Randy Rhodes tribute live. Yeah. Um, so I went old school and I just like absolutely became obsessed with Ozzy Osbourne. Like, well, cause he, and he had the reality show at the time too. Of course. So that was like the other pushing factor until like, I became obsessed with Ozzy. With, like I was, the couch in the, in the kitchen. I was writing Ozzy on my knuckles. Like he had like tattoos yeah. when I was in school. I was like, so into it. I like, I re and I really listened to like the first, Two Ozzy uh, solo records a lot. Um, yeah. Down to Earth, which my dad would have purchased a couple years earlier. I'd like to. Here's a reading from the back cover of the, <laughs> a reading. Of, Let's hear of, it. of the CD, the Ozzy Osbourne Randy Rhodes tribute. So this is on the back cover for every seven year old to pick up and read for themselves. Quote: It's like it's like Randy was with me for a lot longer than he actually really was. Sometimes I think he's still with me now. He continues. Guitar players have a thing where their guitars are an extension of their penis. With Randy, he was an extension of his guitar. There's a big difference. Whatever the <laughs> fuck that means. <laughs> Mad ramblings of a man. Too much, too Ozzy often. Osborne. But the thing with Ozzy, it's funny because if you think about it, Ozzy Osbourne has never not been cool. Well, Do you know what I mean? It, well, okay, I'm not talking about him himself. But I'm just talking about in the way that, like, if you say I listen to Ozzy, most people are like, oh, right on. Do you know yeah. what I mean? No, I, I get you. Like, his music's never not been cool. It's not always been great, but the early stuff, you have to kind of, you know, the Sabbath, the, no, I'm the super, first couple solo releases. I'm super into it, and I was, like, where he was, like, kind of the ambassador for, like, heavy music at that time period, too, like, really on the forefront with, like, OzFest and, like... If you were like, um, you know, whatever, if you were like an up and coming hard rock person, like Ozzy had a lot to do with whether you were successful or not. Do you remember the reality TV show that Ozzy had that was like finding the band, the next opening band for Ozfest? Yeah, remember, I remember that, that TV yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. And they did the mock. They told the it contestants. Like, it was like a VH1 show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it was the... called On the Road to Ozfest or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, and they. Uh, they 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 had a, they had they would face challenges these bands and stuff and they were they, they gave them this challenge that they were gonna have to bite the head off of bats but really it wasn't actually that they were biting the heads off of bats they put like fake back heads uh, bat heads on hot dogs oh. and blindfolded the contestants and had to have them like and they but they thought that they were actually biting the heads off of bats it was such a weird. Weird set. You're just like, this should be based off of the talent of musicians, not like, this isn't like, it was like Fear Factor meets, like, making the band. <laughs> You're like, what the, meets the Osbournes. You're like, what the hell is going on? Very strange. But strange that's, that times. was all Sharon. Very strange times. Very strange times indeed. But the Osman, <laughs> the Osman <laughs> the, the Mike off the rails <laughs> whistle. Yeah, there you go. This has been Mike off the rails. But uh, to bring it back. Ozzy, huge fan. 
That yeah. was it. That was that was my deal. He's the Prince of Darkness. And uh, how the fuck am I supposed to be the Prince of Darkness with bubbles? <laughs> That's what, but, but yeah, that was like that whole era. Like I was, it was just like you know whatever yeah. pop culture, and I just went with that really hard. And it had to do with everything to do with the reality show and of course all that all that stuff. But so that was the lane I went with, and I went like old school metal, and then uh, I was yeah. also a big Judas Priest fan. Oh, as well. breaking the law, breaking the law. Had uh, the double live CD priest live. Oh, so good! Like the the. I have I have I think I have that at my house. Your copy of that. Yeah. Oh my god, I loved that CD. Yeah, I played the crap like out of crazy, that. But yeah, man. What are you gonna do? My dad kind of ruined. It. He borrowed it from me. Uh, I was up. like, oh, I remember when I when I found it, I dug it up out of an old shoebox that was in the basement. At one point, we exchanged CDs, and I dug it out, and I was like, oh yeah, this is great. So of course, I go to put on Electric Eye because that's you know Down the song. Oh, the Hellion into Electric Eye, and I'm like, this is gonna be so great. And then it's just like, and you're like, no, don't skip on me. And I tried to fast forward through the skips, and it just was not. That album is really good, but it has some of the worst canned audience noise I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I also bought the yeah. DVD that went with that live release as well. Really? <laughs> yes. Uh, Rob Halford. Pretty, oh my god! Do you remember buying like I remember that was like the era of when I first started buying CDs too, where it was like you would you would buy the music DVDs, like oh, the yeah. live show DVDs. Of course, I had an Audio Slave one. Audio Slave. Oh live yeah, in Cuba. Ooh, Cuba was super into it. How the hell did they play in Cuba? They were uh, they were the first rock. It was, that's why it was a big deal. They were like the first rock band to ever go play Cuba. Oh, I thought the Stones were the first rock band to go play Cuba. No, Audio Slave played it like way before. Oh, so no way. Yeah, and they also I remember on the DVD they did some um, uh, Rage songs, which was pretty dope. They did like Sleep Now in the Fire. Oh, cool. Chris Cornell on vocals. I was R.I.P. R.I.P. Chris Cornell. Uh, yeah, I uh, definitely had the, that Ozzy Live in Bodacon DVD too, though, and that was like so. Yeah. I was so into that crap. I watched it all the time. The li- yeah, the DVDs were a whole other thing. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was pretty great. But uh, Jeff, you want to bring us on home with your uh, your last sure man pick here? Yeah. So I remember this was um, so I talked about an album I got for Christmas when I was ten ish. I talked about an album that I got when I was Christmas when I was like I don't know fourteen. So the the first album I went to a store, drove on my own, and bought with my own money in that kind of very official way was um, it's still, depending on the day, it's definitely a top three, five album. Sometimes it's my favorite album of all time, but that's Prince's Purple Rain, which was just like changed my life when I got that when I was uh, 16, I guess I must have been. Um, yeah, so it's just, uh, it's nine tracks i think and it's all amazing and it just was like the first artist i listened to where it was just very much that like sexual ambiguity and racial ambiguity and like it's a little bit of funk and like kind of sleazy pop music and rock and a little bit of metal touch and soul and it's a little bit of everything and it really uh because everything everything i'd listened to up to that point was very much like this is that thing like this is a metal album this is a rock album this is a rap album this is a pop album this is a R&B album and it was the first album that I really remember listening to and being like I don't even know how I would describe this music because like some album some tracks are like it's like classical piano and then it's like a metal ending like I don't even know how to describe this or some things are kind of like funky disco-y thing but then it has this like shreddy guitar breakdown in the middle yeah um so that that's just an album that I think of when I think of like earliest albums. It was the first one that I like officially went out, sought out, bought, 
drove back home with kind of album. Um, yeah, and really is a is a life changing album. It's another one that just like doesn't age in any way to me. And that's another one that was just on a list of like you gotta own this album. It's one of the greatest albums ever. So, which is how I think all three of us are very much like we see we read the lists of things you know, and we kind of do our research and we just like listen to a little bit of everything. So that's one of the albums that I had seen like my aunt and uncle had posters of or they had the vinyl of, and I always just remember looking at it and being like. I don't know if I'd be like into the music of a dude who's like wearing a like <laughs> lace lace shirt riding a motorcycle. Like I don't know when I was like an angry ten year old, twelve year old, it didn't really like feel like music I would enjoy. But that it just caught me at the right time, maybe. Um, you know that sixteen year old age, and uh, yeah, it's just it's still an album I go to all all the time. That's. I love like you said like you saw it when you were younger too so it kind of like makes this whole like mythical like mm. like you like you know like a couple people older people that like it like it and have like a poster at their house yeah uh, that that I love that and at the same time too when you got this you were in high school so did you also feel like you had because like now after Prince's passing I feel like everybody's like into you know what I mean everyone's like yeah Prince is you know classic but at the time did you feel like you had something special that other people didn't really understand because like oh, I mean yeah. everybody kind of knows doves cry, uh, you know when the right. doves cry but like for listening to that record it, it wasn't something that was like super in the zeitgeist at the, at the time for like Prince being like um you know in like you know, younger people didn't really like mess with Prince yeah um, it's not like he was like collaborating with younger artists. So like, did you like, it was like, this is my special thing kind of. Yeah. Like when I got it and I remember telling people about how much I was into it and nobody else understood nobody else. Like, cause it also was like, it's, it's early eighties and just, especially in the early two thousands, that eighties sound was so looked down on that, like synthy, lots of reverb, like people's yeah. idea of what eighties music is. It's like this kind of dated electronic sound and all that kind of stuff so i would talk about i'd be like no man you don't understand like it really is good or like he uses those sounds and he like twists him in a way where it makes it into these like timeless things and yeah no i i'm sure there were people in our 750 person total population high school who had listened to purple rain but i couldn't name a single person i don't know anybody who listened to it at that time yeah um so yeah, it did feel like I was like kind of all alone in my own in my own little world <laughs> listening to and I I'm telling you, I listen to Purple Rain. I listen to it less now because as you get older you find that there's just still so much music you have to go back and you, there's never enough time to listen to everything that's out there. But when I was when I got it when I was 16 and probably through definitely through my early 20s, I listened to that album minimum 50 times a year minimum and i still listen to it at least 10 times a year because it's just like yeah. it's one of those albums i i put on every month and a half and listen to definitely absolutely definitely. no and I, I i love like i love how it's like one of those things you just keep going back to over oh, and yeah. you find like fresh new things of it and i like how like you know things like that too is like you were hip to it at a younger age and now you've like people that were are your age now like are getting back into it and like really giving it a, a, a shot yeah you know and there, there's a lot of artists like that that like you got to put your preconceptions uh, aside and just give it a chance because you never know what it is until you actually like check it out but things like like the cure you know what i mean like for people our age you think of the cure and you're like well the cure is kind of like 
a little before the real grunge Nirvana type stuff, and it's like makeup, and it's like I don't know if I'd be into that. I don't know if it's cool, but it's it's like no man, just listen to the music. Like trust me. Yeah. Right, like yeah. I, there was a lot of stuff like that for me in high school that I would be listening to that was like way out of left field. People mm-hmm. would be like, or just like not on the radio. Like I was like, you know, would be listening to like Jim Croce and James mm-hmm. Taylor and stuff like that in high school. And a lot of people would be like, "What do you listen to?" I'm like, "James Taylor, great yeah. hits." And they're like, "All right, whatever, man." You know, yeah. or it, it's all that kind of thing, and you're just like, "What?" You know what I mean? And people just don't really, you yeah. know. And you're at a certain point, you're kind of just like, well, I'm on my own limb over here, so whatever. You know, if you want to come, I'll tell you about it. And, and even talk about Prince, like getting into that album in the early 2000s, and then talking about it with other people. That was at the same time that Chappelle's show was on, and he had the he had the skit <laughs> yeah. with Prince in it. So Prince like Game. came back Love into things. the modern lexicon and like consciousness. But I think I I would venture to say only the couple black friends of mine were like their parents maybe listened to prince but like nobody else i knew even was into that yeah they were just like i don't know he's like this dude who like he's on an album cover he's naked with like butterfly wings on like <laughs> yeah. i don't know i'm not i'm not into that guy's stuff and like the more purple rain was the first prince album i ever listened to but in that next five years i just went down like the whole slide and i listened to I don't listen to all the 90s stuff because I'm not really into that 90s stuff so much. Um, just the songwriting I'm not that crazy about. But, like, his first eight, eight nine albums, I pretty much think almost all of those are classics. And yeah. um, that was, like, the good thing about being in college and being on, like, a, a network where everybody's pirating music and sharing it and stuff. Like, I, I downloaded every single album I could get my hands on, including all the Prince stuff. So, um, yeah, just turn me into a fanatic so guitar one putting out that list of like these are the albums you gotta listen to me going out and buying it and then just like totally opened my eyes to a whole new realm of music and like the possibilities of because really if you if you never listened to purple rain before you just gotta listen to the whole thing it's 44 minutes top to front uh front to back and it's just like it combines every single type of music in such strange ways that make perfect sense but are still like pretty like unsettling and strange um, yeah yeah it's cool though well you know you did you, you purified yourself <laughs> in, in the, the waters, waters of lake, lake minnetonka <laughs> 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 yeah right on well there you are our cd picks uh always fun yes our our uh our first music uh music purchases so yeah need... walk down memory lane yeah mm-hmm. and i uh, and and do we Just, have any any honorable honorable mentions? You want to throw? I, I have a, I have an honorable mention. I have, I have an a honorable mention. All right, go ahead. Yeah, uh, the Slim Shady LP Eminem. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was oh, a big. big that one. was yep. a. That was a. Holy crap! I so listened to that album is, so much. Guilty, guilty, guilty conscience. conscience. I don't know why uh, the world keeps turning round and round. But I wish it would stop and let me off right now. <laughs> that, that I mean, it was crazy, and that was right before. I mean, not right before. It was during his, you know, launch into superstardom. It it pretty much blew him up overnight. But I, between that and the Marshall Mathers LP, I much prefer the Slim Shady LP to it. I just, oh, okay. I I love the Marshall Mathers LP, and I think that in terms of sent like sentiment wise, Marshall Mathers is probably the more significant one. You know, but and of course Eminem, you know, he said some stuff that was. You know, not great. So we have to, you know, mention that stuff. Um, but definitely, you know, 
it's it, it started the snowball of uh, white kids thinking that they're from the streets and you know the actually living in like suburban <laughs> in the small town Connecticut you know uh, running peroxide through their hair so that was a that was a regular spin and then one more that maybe not necessarily the whole album but I thought of last minute that I thought would just be a funny one to talk about but Afro Man because I got high that was another one that was another album front to back was just absolutely so stupid and ridiculous if you listen to it now but at the time you know it was just like I was gonna clean my room uh, my dad I got high. downloaded that off of LimeWire <laughs> you know but yeah and it was like I'm a so cool dad uh, yeah <laughs> and, but you know what's really funny is I remember having a, a, a cousin who now you know lives in Greece but you know, the first time I ever, you know, dabbled into the uh, the jazz cigarettes. Um, I was listening to that song with him, and he's just like, man, you know, man, this is true, Mike. This is true. This is true, I man. I get too high, and I could yeah, yeah, you know, he's like, there's a lot of truth in this song. And I'm like, it's just a funny song, man. And he's like, no, man, a lot of people want to do a lot of things, but then they end up getting high and don't do that. I'm like, you don't say. You're talking about us right now. I mean, I'm literally sitting here right now getting stoned. What are you talking about, dude? You know, 15-year-old me is just like, all right. So, anyway, those are my honorable mentions. Not great ones. Dishonorable. But dishonorable dishonorable yeah. mentions. Um, I'm going to throw out um, a CD that nobody's going to know, but uh, it was a CD I bought, and I found it here on this blog. Uh, Old Navy's Haunted Hits with spooky <laughs> sound effects was one of the first – I begged my mom to like get it at the store. I don't know why. Like, it's a I, CD of sound effects. No, it was well. It had spooky sound effects okay. in it. I bought it at Halloween time, but it also had pop hits that were vaguely had something to do with something that was spooky. <laughs> so here, here we go. On this, this was a this was literally the first CD I ever got that was mine. Really? I asked my mom, "Can you buy me this spooky hit CD at Old Navy?" And it had, um, okay, it it had. Uh, the Monster Mash, obviously. Um, it had Wilson Pickett's in the Midnight Hour. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's not really that spooky, but uh, Witch, Cre uh, Witch Queen of New Orleans by Otis Redding, um, uh, Devil Inside by In Excess, Devil in My Car by the B-52s, Devil uh, Devil Ghost Town by the Specials. By the Specials. Living in a ghost town. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Werewolves of London by... Uh, Warren Zevon. Yeah, so uh, that was what some of the songs that were on the Spooky Halloween CD. Uh, Devil Inside. <laughs> Devil Inside was definitely a, one I liked, but my favorite on here was Devil in My Car by the B-52s, <laughs> which is like, Devil in my car! There's like a every... devil in my car. Get <laughs> out of my car. It's literally Jesus just like Christ. that. You've never heard the song, but it's exactly what it sounds like. Devil in my car. Harmonized ghost howling. Yeah, so I was definitely thought it was really cool because I was like, it was kind of spooky, and they were wow. like, yeah, werewolves of London, you know, all that good stuff, man. So, and there was also, uh, you can't forget uh, the storm, spooky sound effects. So, you know, oh, can I, can I throw out one more honorable mention real quick? Yeah, um, I remember when I had received money for a birthday and. One of the albums that I bought was like a Bob Marley compilation. Mm. And as I was buying it in Walmart, there were these two Jamaican women who were in there. And yeah, that's yours. And 
Uh, one of them yells to the other. She's like, hey, whatever her name was, you know. She's like, look at this little white boy buying Bob Marley. And I was like, I really enjoy his music. You know, just like, <laughs> I don't you, worry about a thing, <laughs> you know. Were like, you buying your copy of Legend? No, it, was, it wasn't Legend. They didn't have Legend. So I was like, oh, shit. But it was one of those weird, you know, early 2000s. Yeah, you know, just with all the names. And, of course, none of this, because my cousin had Legend. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's Bob Marley. That's great. You know, and then I bought the CD. I was like, I don't know any of these songs. What the no fuck? Hits. Like, I don't know any of this I, stuff. I probably bought the same one. It was, it was a three CD. Yes. I bought yes. it. It had maybe two of the hits that were on Legend. And then the rest were all these just like other reggae songs. I, I lent it to Danielle LePage because she sh- said she liked Bob Marley. I never asked for it back. I just was like, oh, I bought for 10 bucks. It's just like, I only recognize two of the songs. Right. Danielle, it's on you. We want this CD back now. Danielle, if you're listening. Danielle, you need to mail that back. Stealing is stealing. P.O. Box Garage. (laughs) P.O. Box Garage. (laughs) 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 Anyway, so Jeff, honorable mentions. Um, What are some for you, man? So another one, I wanted to talk, my examples were kind of from different periods of my life, but of that early listening. But another one that I got the same Christmas as Big Willie style came out the same year, I think, was um, Hanson's Middle of Nowhere with Umbop. And I think that it was another one where it's like, no disrespect to Hanson, it was probably 13 songs, and I listened to three of them. I remember another song was called What's Going On, I think, and that was a good one. Um, so that was another nine, nine-year-old me uh, begging to have that because Umbop was such a big hit that, that fall. And uh, another honorable mention, we talked about on the System of a Down episode, but the first metal album I ever listened to and owned was uh, Toxicity, which came out when I was 13. Right on, man. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. This was a trip down memory lane. It was. I, I really wish I could get a copy of that Spooky Hits CD <laughs> again. Amazon, man. Devil Inside. Uh, <laughs> we should do an all in excess episode. My be- dream. Down, down, down. Yeah, man. Uh, would you like to do some some music news? Oh, wait. Oh, sure. Okay, so at the beginning of this episode, guys, um, I have music news. Hold on. Wait a second. No, it's time oh. for the music news. Hey, we're here in Studio Garage with news anchor Luke Roberts, Jeffrey Mayne, Emmanuel Thresher. We're here to deliver you the music news. Music news tonight. Okay, so here we go. Music news. Yeah. Um, that guy's that that his penis exploded. It was from Three Dog Night. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we gonna oh, get? breaking news. We have, breaking we, news. we have a correction on the story we previously reported on. <laughs> we I'm have just, a retraction. Oh, oh, Luke, uh, 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 just coming in studio now in my earpiece. The the penis explosion was the lead singer oh. of Three Dog Night. Uh, not Chuck, Winger. Chuck uh, Negron. N E G R O N of Three Dog Night, um, his dick exploded. So yup, that way it was not <laughs> breaking news. We, breaking news. We, we would like to apologize <laughs> to the family members of Kip Winger. It was not Kip. Uh, it was good old Chuck uh, with the Three Dog Night. He uh, his dick exploded. So continue with uh, your moving on to to Michael now. I mean, I don't even know how to follow the dick explosion. <laughs> this is really breaking stuff. I'm here at ground zero <laughs> of the dick explosion. Um, good Lord. Well, uh, Morrissey announced the new album. So that's uh, something to look something forward not to. to. <laughs> he, he probably didn't show up to the sessions. 
I'll know to avoid it. Uh, shout out to to George from, from Feel Feelings, who's a huge Morrissey fan. Um, Peter Sky, folk singer and Bob Dylan contemporary, has passed away. Who are? Where are you getting this yeah, music? Uh, listen, don't worry about it. I have. <laughs> what you contacting have, the spirits? I have. In, I have inside information from right. Gramp, gu- Guitar Grandpa's magazine. Guitar. Like, I should have saved my music Peter news for last. Sky. You know, you, we really Peter blew. Sky. We really blew our wad. If you. No offense, Peter Sky, but yeah. Who are you? Well, uh, in other news, uh, we'll also try to. Th- you know, this day in music. <laughs> sure. t- today, May thirty first. 1961, Chuck Berry opened Berry Park, an amusement complex near St. Louis. The park had its own zoo, golf course, and Ferris wheel. Okay. So, cool. Johnny, be good. So, (laughs) uh, on this date, fully off the track. Uh, oh my God! Uh, The Who gave themselves a place in the Guinness Book of World Records as the loudest performance. Of a rock band at 120 decibels when they played the uh, Charlton Athletic Football Ground. In 1975, is that correct? 76. I was close. It's been far surpassed by then. Notably by the band Man O' War. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who at, at one point was Guinness Book of World Records' loudest band in the world. Man O' War playing Ted Nugent-inspired metal music, or like hard rock music, in loincloths. Oh, right on. The wild Like Viking band. rock? Like... Cock rock jungle idiots. I'm in, I'm into it. Uh, and also just and uh, to, to to finish off on this day in music, May 31st, 1998. Oh. Jerry Hollowell announced she had quit the Spice Girls, saying, "Quote: Broke This is up. because of differences between us. I am sure the group will continue to be successful, and I wish them all the best." Did they continue to be successful after that? I mean, which spice was she? Spice ginger. up your life. That's ginger. She was the gin- She was the only true spice. She, she was. was. <laughs> that is true. Salt, salt left the band many years before. <laughs> Replaced by cinnamon spice. Paprika, you cannot leave. <laughs> Paprika pursued a modeling career. Paprika spice. Um, yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about music we listen to, I didn't personally own it, but every female cousin of mine and my sister own both Spice Girl albums. Mike and I were talking about the other day. Yep. Those two Spice Girl albums have way more hits on them than you think, way more good songs than you think. Do not knock the, the Spice Girls, man. Both those albums are incredible. They're Spice really up good. Your life. I, I also enjoy the Chunky Shoes. That was my mm. favorite about the Spice Chunky Girl. Shoes, low-rise boot-cut jeans. Yeah. It's not it was life. the era, man. It was the era. It yeah. was the era. Wow. What, well, yeah. This day in music, Spice Girls ended. <laughs> I know. What a fucking travesty. Well, it makes sense that it's raining. It's a very solemn day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. that's, that's why it always rains in England, because the Spice Girls broke <laughs> up. Because the Spice Girls broke up. <laughs> They're always in mourning. The first reason why was when the Beatles broke up. Then it started getting sunny again. Then the Spice Girls <laughs> broke up. And then it was just like, no, just gray weather for the rest of time in, in, in England. <laughs> well... That's been Get in the Garage. <laughs> we, we thank you for listening. Mike, your music news was depressing was crappy. and upsetting. And I kind of liked how much of a bummer it was. Well, thank you. It like had its own bummer vibe. Well, I mean, we kind of set the tone with dick explosions. So where do you really go from there is really the question. Three dog. I love this podcast so much. Three dog it's, night. Now it's a two dog night. <laughs> I was going to say maybe a one dog night. He's lucky. Oh, man. Well, 
Don't forget to follow us on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, Get in the Garage. You can find us there. Give us a rating, five stars, add you know, comments and all that fun stuff. I have something to say before we go. Yeah, lay it on me. I would like to say uh, happy Memorial Day. Ha- yes. Happy Memorial Day. Happy to, Memorial Day. Yeah, to everybody. To you the know. troops. Yeah. So, so yeah, if yeah. you're out there, happy Memorial Day. Oh, it's Memorial Day. We should have done like America. We'll do that on the 4th of July, bro. Well, okay, we'll do that for the 4th. We'll fourth. do it on Flag Day. We'll do it on oh, Flag Day. Oh, Flag Day. When's when is Flag, Flag Day? Day? I think Flag hey, Day already Siri. went. I think it's later in June. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. When's Flag Day? I think Let's it's see. like June 20th. Is it June 20th? Something Flag like that. Day is on Monday, June 14th. June 14th. I am a real <laughs> American. Do you guys want to do an all-out Flag Day special? We should do a Flag Day special. We'll be the only Americans celebrating Flag Day. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll we'll get down with it. We will give. We should make a playlist of the of of every great flag inspired song. Oh, how many of those exist? How There's many? only one I think of, which is Johnny Cash one. Uh, oh yeah, is that the one? Was the music video? He's like sitting on the park bench. I don't know. It's, like a, it's a song up. from like the mid '70s. So I'm not sure. We oh. should just go all out America. Great, great America. Yeah, well, we'll we do don't want to. We don't want to blow it all on Flag Day though. We need to save some for Independence yeah, Day. Yeah, maybe let's do it on. On Independence Day, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. Well, we'll see how many flag-themed songs there are, and if then we'll you guys go from there. Yeah. yeah. May, maybe don't necessarily tie it down to the American flags. Flags of all sorts. Ooh, pirate maybe flags. we'll just oh, <laughs> pirate flags. We'll just do like a straight-up flag special. Do you know any songs about pirate flags? I mean, yeah, I guess. No, we only cover the songs of the group Billy Flag. <laughs> black flag. Oh, black flag. Black flag. Flagpole is that a band? I don't know. Uh, Flagpole Sitter by Flagpole Sitter by uh, Harvey Danger. Harvey Danger. Well, there we go. Look, so we have we, pff, listen. We have plenty of good content uh, coming for you on Flag Day. Welcome to Get in the Garage, where all your flag content will be uh, <laughs> provided. Well, anyway, thank you for joining us once again. This Happy Memorial been, Day. Happy Memorial yeah, Day. Thank you to all the veterans who have given their lives. Yes, yes. Uh, absolutely. On the 100%. real serious note, that's what yeah. you know yeah. we wanted to throw out. That's and, what it's uh, actually about. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So. All right. Well, until next time, guys. Love one another. Love one another. Love, peace. Hair grease. (laughs) Goodbye. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.